Good morning, International Christian Fellowship Online Campus and all of those that call ICF Rome your family of faith, or maybe you're just joining us today for the very first time. My name is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, and I want to say welcome to you. If you're new to the city of Rome, I want you to feel that you are a part of the family of faith here at ICF Rome. If you're looking and watching and joining the service online, I want to say thank you for participating. Thank you for investing in your own life that your faith will grow, that you have opportunity to worship Jesus. So I invite you to lean into today's service. I want you to know that we pray over every service. I believe this year we are to be the living proof, the evidence that God is at work in each of us. I also believe that Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is the living, loving proof for your life, for your miracles. So today, as you worship, ask the Lord to hear your worship, receive your worship. As you hear the ministry of the word, lean in and say to the Lord, how do you want to change my thinking? How do you want to increase my faith? How do you want to form my spiritual walk so that I can walk in victory? I'm so happy you're a part of this service today. I want you to celebrate with the worship and I want you to grow in the word of God. Enjoy today's service. Thank you very much. Good morning, church. Oh, we can do better. Good morning, church. Yes. So today we are going to talk about visible proof. And this month we are talking about visible proof. And the... Okay, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Yes, okay. You can hear me now. Okay, so this month we are talking about visible proof, and my subtitle for today is God Who Sees Me. And I'm just going to tell you something that happened um, in my life when I was about 13 or 14. So I, in, in, in Ghana, where I come from, we, we write an exam from... Uh, junior high school to enter senior high school. So what I think the American system or the Italian system will refer to as grade nine, going to grade 10, I believe. And we have this exam we write. We all write the exam together. It's a national exam. And prior to writing that exam, what happens is that the teachers bring all of us together. They try to, to teach us certain things, certain topics that we need to know to be able to pass the exam. At the same time, because we are teenagers and we are young and we are about to enter life, they try to also teach us some life skills, right? And there was this fateful day where we were all brought together in one room. And one teacher was talking to us, advising us. And he, you know, he went around the room. He would mention, he would say bows and then say something about bows. Natalie, say something about Natalie. And then when he called my name, I was expecting him to say nice things just like he did for others. Because I, I thought I was a good boy. You know, I was, I think the only social vice I had was playing basketball after school. And, you know, that was it. But I was, I was a good, I was a good student. I wasn't first in class, but, you know, I was around. You know, I was, I was around the, the, the first, the first six, ten people. And this man told me something I'll never forget. And I've never shared this publicly. 
I'm sure there are so many other people, there are so many uh, class members of mine who don't even remember this story. So he said, he called me and he, and he said, he thinks I'm going to move on to secondary school and I'm going to become a bad boy. He said I was going to be involved in, in drugs and he thought I was going to do all sorts of things and my life wasn't going to amount to, to much. Basically, he said this in front of many people and, you know, as, as children, when you hear something like that, they take it as a prophecy. Everyone believed what the man was saying, right? And this man planted a seed of doubt in my, my heart. And I felt invisible to God because I felt like I've, I've you know, I go to church. I've, I've done what I'm supposed to do. So why is this happening? But you see, there's a saying that we become what we behold. Amen. And... After thinking about what this man said, it came down to, to two questions to me that were closely linked to each other. And I asked myself, where have you come from and where are you going? So I thought about it and I said, I've been, I've been through many difficult challenges in my family, in finances and everything. But as at the time I was 13 or 14, I had come from somewhere and I was thinking of going somewhere. So I ask myself, where have you come from and where are you going? So today, when I have that same feeling of being invisible, I ask myself that question, where have I come from and where am I going? And that brings me to, to a story in Genesis chapter 16. But before I go into the Bible, I would like us to bow our heads in prayer. Father Lord, I thank you for what you've done for us. I thank you for the people you've brought to us today. I thank you for the people watching online. Father, I pray that your word will come to them. Your word will pierce the hearts of people. And Father, we will be able to receive what you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, Pastor, when Pastor Melinda was around, when we had the Inspire conference, she said something about carrying three things when you're going to church. Do you remember what she said? Can you help me? Three things. The Bible, yes. Yes, I see the journal and the pen. That's awesome. So I hope you have your Bibles, your journals, and, then, and, then, and your pens. We are going to go through Genesis, Genesis chapter 16. And I'll just give you a background to, to what is in Genesis chapter 16. Basically, it talks about Abram. And, uh, and Abraham and Sarah. So before they, they, they started life with their children and all that. Now, um, Abraham was, was in, in Canaan. He went to Egypt for some time and then he, he came back. But while he, was, while he was moving from where he was to, e to, to Egypt, they decided to stop somewhere called Haran. And, and this, is, this is what happened. He, he got a revelation from God, and God told him, I want you to move away from your family. I want you to move away from everything you know, and I'm going to show you a, a place to stay, and that is going to be your land. And, you know, he believed this, and God also told him, you are going to have many descendants, many. And Abraham and Sarah were, were married for some time. They were together. They received this promise, but there were no children. So... Sarah had an idea, and that is what Genesis 16 talks about. So I'm going to read now. Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. 
So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. And so after Abraham had been, after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now, uh, we have to understand, I, I know some of us hear this story and we wonder, why will, why will you do such a thing? Why will you give a, a slave to, to your husband as, 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 a, as a wife to give birth for you? But, you know, back in, in those days, in the Old Testament, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't a new thing. This wasn't off. It, it was quite normal to have your slave give birth and then the child becomes yours. In today's world, we don't have the same thing. But then we have surrogacy, right? We have surrogates where you, a person carries the child of another, right? So it's similar to, to, to what the situation was like. And when she knew she was pregnant, which is Hagar, she, be, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And then I'm sure Abraham was tired of hearing all the complaints. He said, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. So first of all, Hagar, I don't think Hagar planned to, to get pregnant that way. I don't think she even planned to get married at that age or even to that person. And now here she is being treated as if everything happening is her fault. So the angel of the Lord from verse 7, I'm reading from verse 7. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring that is beside the road to Sher. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I will humbly ask you to repeat this after me. Where have you come from and where are you going? You see, Hagar left the place and I'm, I, I'm sure and I, I will assume that she was thinking of just going to die really in the desert because there was no way she was going to survive by herself as a pregnant woman going all the way to, to Egypt. It, wasn't, it, it just wasn't going to happen. So when the angel of the Lord asked Hagar that question, where have you come from and where are you going? This is what she said. I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, keep running. I will protect you and make sure nothing happens to you. I will lead you far away from your master. Is that, is that, why, why, is, did I say something wrong? No? That's, that's not what your Bible says? Okay, let me, let me try again. Then the angel of the Lord told her, behold, I will show you the way through the desert and I will lead you to a special place. Still? No? Okay. But what did the Bible say? The Bible said, then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. What? Go back to your mistress, the same person who was mistreating Hagar. The angel of the Lord was saying, go back to your mistress. 
Now, we find ourselves in situations like that when God instructs us to do something that is not what we think the plan should be. But you see, God knows what he wants to do in your life. He knows how he wants to do it. And as I said, Hagar, there was no way Hagar was going to survive by herself in that desert. So God had a plan. He knew what he was going to do. Hagar wanted to do things her own way, but God had a different plan. And God said, I want you to go back and watch me do what I am I'm going to do with you. Amen. And that brings me to the second point because Hagar had to trust and obey. She had to trust the voice she was hearing and she had to obey by going back to Abraham and Sarai. And there's a hymn I love so much. I'm sure many of you know the hymn as well. It says that when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, not while we do what we think is right, but while we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Do you know that song? Let's sing the chorus together. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Oh, clap for yourselves. We, we have a lot of people who need to join the choir. <laughs> you, you sounded heavenly. Natalie and Angel, you have to get some of them to join the choir. So you see, this was not the, the, the kind of counsel I expected. I didn't expect God to say, go back to where you're coming from. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. We are not condoning any form of abuse or anything. But God had a plan for Hagar. And in this particular case, God said, I want you to trust and obey me. So I'm going to read from verse 10. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your mystery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone, everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. She was a slave and she thought no one saw her. Matter of fact, I don't even know if Hagar believed in, Christ, in, in God and, and, and was serving God at the time. I know Abraham and Sarai were serving God. I don't know if she was because she came from Egypt. And at the time, they served, you know, idols and stones and, 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 and gold and, and all that. But she said, I now see the one who sees me. God sees you. God sees you and he hears you. That is why, I'm, I'm reading from verse 14. That is why the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Now, some of you may have heard the term 
Jehovah El Roy. And this is where the, the term El Roy first was used in the Bible. That is where we get the term Jehovah El Roy saying he's a God who sees. You see, I'm going to bring this service to a close with a different story. And you see, you see a picture on your screen. I don't know if you know who this is. If you do know who this is, then I'm sure God is speaking to you the way he's speaking to me. But this is a young boy whose parents met when his mother was 17. And his father told his mother that he was a very rich man. He had a ranch in Texas. He had, you know, many property and all that. So they got together and after they got married, her mom was about 17, 18. After they got married, the mother realized it was all a lie. The man didn't have any ranch anywhere. He, he, he basically didn't have anything. And so he grew up in this environment where the father was just, I, I don't want to say a liar, but he loved to, to lie. And the father used to be abusive towards the mother and towards the children as well. And he grew up in this sort of environment where he felt like things were not going to work right for either him or his siblings. And so this made him question his worth so many times. And he, he, he said once in his testimony that he goes to church, he, he's, he, he moves around the neighborhood, and people he, 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 he met around when they get to age 20-something, they get into drugs, they start stealing, and then they either, they either get arrested and incarcerated or they die. So he actually grew up with the mindset that he wasn't going to see the age 30. You see, as a young man, he was broke and he didn't have much to, to do. But as you can see, I'm sure now some of you know who I'm talking about. You've seen the picture of him as a grown man. In his own testimony, he said that in the midst of all these struggles, I had a mother who taught me about Christ. He had a mother who taught him who God was. He had a mother who taught him that God loved him and God was going to take care of him. So he did not give up because he realized that he was visible to God. See, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, from verse 6 to 7, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Amen. Today, this man I'm talking about, his name is Tyler Perry, in case some of you haven't figured that out. And today, his visible proof that God sees and God hears. He's one of the most commercially successful African-Americans in, in filmmaking history. And this is just one example of what God can do when you trust him, when you believe that he sees you. I have another set of pictures that I want to show you. Again, this is another baby. I don't know if anyone knows who that baby is. <laughs> I can see some people have a clue who that baby is. But somehow are still confused. That baby is our own pastor, Jennifer. 
And I want to show you another picture. Do you know who this who's, who this child is? Yes, Pastor Pastor Chris. <laughs> no, it's it's Pastor Rick. Yes, it's Pastor Rick. And I just showed you these two pictures because I want you to know that success is not measured by how much you make. Success is not measured by what you wear. Success is not measured by the cars you drive. Success is not measured by the house you live in. But success, I'm not saying that money and all those things are not important. That's not what I'm saying at all. But your success is not based on your status or your fame in society. But you see, we have people like Pastor Jennifer and Pastor Rick of Blessed Memory who are walking with Jesus, who have, who have gone around the world proclaiming his gospel, saying to people that, look at me, I am visible proof. Look at me, I am, I am visible proof that God hears and God sees and God is going to take you through all things. And I want you to declare today with me in the house today that we are visible proof. Amen. We are visible proof. I want, shall we all stand? I, I, just, I just want all of us to, to repeat this three times just so we can believe. It's not, it's not, about, it's not about me. It's not about Pastor Jennifer, but it's about, it's about you. It's about understanding that God sees your condition. God sees your situation. God sees your struggle. God knows what you are praying for. And so I want you to say, I am visible proof. I am visible proof. I am visible proof. Before the worship team closes with the worship song, I just want us to pray together. And I want all eyes closed in this house. My first prayer is for people who feel invisible as well. You know, just like the story I said in the beginning, at some point I was feeling invisible. I felt like God didn't see me. He probably didn't see what I had to go through. He probably didn't see how much I wanted to be on the right path. For someone to, to look at me at a young age to say I'm not going to amount to anything. Today, I don't know what you have heard. I don't know what has been bothering you for the past few years or for the past few months. But if you are here and you want you want to declare that you are visible in the sight of God. I want you just to open your arms today. I want you to open your arms. And we are going to pray together. We are going to pray that Jehovah El Roy is going to come down right now to let you know that he sees you. Jehovah El Roy will let you know that you are relevant. He will let you know that where you are right now is where he wanted you to be. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray by your, with, your, with your own words. I want you to pray. Whatever is on your heart today, however you feel, I just want you to bring it before God. Let him know that you are expecting a touch today. Father, we pray for people in this room. Father, I pray for people who have opened their arms. Father, you are Jehovah El Roy. There's nothing that you do not see. 
Father, we may not understand your plan, but we believe that you see what's, what is going on. And we know that at the right time, you are going to give us what we deserve. Father, Lord, we are going to trust you. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter what it takes. We are going to trust and obey you because you have done it for people and you will do it for us. You did it for Abraham and Sarah and we know you are going to do it for us. We trust your holy name and we thank you for letting us know that we are seen in your presence. We are visible in Jesus' name. Amen. My second prayer today is for everyone who wants to have a different walk with Christ. You see, today's service is not... It's not about it's not about any of us here. It's not about the people singing. It's not about the, the message I have for you, really. It's about who is behind the message that I have for you. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the one who died for you. I didn't die for you. Your president didn't die for you. Your boss at work didn't die for you. But someone died for you because the person loves you and the person cares for you. And that person wants you to know that you should cast all your burdens onto him. If you've walked in this house with a heavy heart, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your situation is. But I want you to know today that God has come in this building and he's going to take that burden away from you. Amen. So my last prayer is for everyone who wants to have a different walk with God. Everyone who wants to one day also say, I am visible proof without shame. And it's not about standing here to hold a microphone to preach. You could be visible proof at school. You can be visible proof at the supermarket. You can be visible proof in your office. People will see you and know that there's something about this lady. There's something about this gentleman. And that is what is important. So if you are here and you want to be that visible proof i just want to to I, I just want you to raise your hands and and that is me included i want to be visible proof father we thank you for today father you can see all hands in this room father you know what is on our hearts father you know that we want more of you Father, you know that we can't do this life without you. Father, we know that we can't go through the struggles without you. Father, we know that you are a miracle-working God. Father, we know that you are the way-maker. Father, we know that you are the provider. Father, we know that you are God Almighty. Father, we know that there is none like you. Father, we know that there's none that can be compared to your holy name. Father, we know that there's no one else that loves us as much as you do. And Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the hands raised in this room. Father, we pray that you are going to give us the power to be able to say, I am visible proof of your love. I am visible proof of your truth. I am visible proof of your mercies. I am visible proof of your grace. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for listening to our prayer. We bless your holy name and we give it all to you. Father, I pray that everyone in this room and people watching online will be touched by your word. They will have a new, a new feeling that you are with them. 
and father you are jehovah el roy because you see them in their situation and you see them wherever they are we bless your holy name we thank you in jesus name amen praise the lord i'm so thankful that the word of god truly permeates our heart and changes our mindset so we can walk in victory so today if something in the message spoke to you i want you to invite jesus to be in control in a new way in a broader way in a total way so i want you to pray this prayer with me dear lord jesus you say it dear lord jesus i invite you right now I invite you right now to take control of my life. I thank you, God, that you are forgiving me of sin. You are helping me to walk in a new, right relationship with you. And Jesus, from this day forward, I give all of my heart to you, all of my steps to you. And I trust that with your help, Jesus, I can walk in victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I also want to pray for your miracle in motion. I know that there are many people who watch online and you have walked through some difficult circumstances already this year. So, Father, right now, for that one who is saying, I need that prayer, I need to know that Jesus hears me, that God sees me, that he's working on my behalf. I pray, the Holy Spirit, that you will come into that place where they're watching right now. You will increase their faith. You will remind them that you are Jehovah Rapha, the healer. You are Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. You are Jehovah Shalom, the peace of God in the midst of anxiety and turmoil. Father, meet every need of your son or daughter that's watching right now. Son or daughter of the Most High God, hear the Lord say to you, I am working. Your miracle is in motion. I'm going to turn your chaos into peace. I'm going to turn your storm into victory. The Lord is with you. The Lord is for you. And he wants to heal your body, mind, and spirit. I want your faith to grow in Jesus' name. If you were here, I'd put my hands on your forehead for your thinking and your shoulders for letting you know that you've got someone holding up your arms today. So Lord, I pray that today the one watching this service online would feel the presence of the Lord. They would know that they are not alone. You are not alone. God is with you. We are with you and your victory is in motion. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now I also want to say thank you. Thank you for the way that you partner together with your family of faith. I want you to write me. I want you to send me an email. Click on the link. Write us on Facebook or the church website, icfrome.org. And know that today is the beginning of the best week you're going to have so far. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus.